0: Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, uh, we're going to deal with a very serious topic and to talk about the situation that has occurred in South Bend, Indiana. On the line with us, we have Apostle Patton, who is also the president of the NAACP South Bend, Indiana chapter as our guest today. Apostle Patton, welcome to the program, and thank you for interrupting your your very busy schedule to talk about this very urgent matter of the recent shooting of the black citizen by a white police officer in South Bend, Indiana.
1: Yeah, Darrell, thank you for having me. Um, Certainly, we're saddened and troubled in our community in regards uh, to this police involved shooting and the death of an African American male in our community. Uh,
0: last Sunday, you and Mayor Pete uh, Buttigieg uh, held a town hall meeting to discuss the black residents' concerns about the police department being racist. Um, from your perspective, what was the objective of that meeting and did you achieve that objective and what next steps? um have come out of that meeting that you had last sunday which was all over the
1: globe it was all over the news globally thank you um the objective to that meeting was to allow for our community while we're in the grieving process to be able to share their pain and to be able to communicate to us uh things that um they have not ordinarily been able to share with us and so it was to give them a platform uh, we recognized that after the shooting um, uh, the past uh, couple of days, uh, there were some meetings that we attended uh, that had grassroots people um, uh, there that our community was hurting uh, in a bad way and they were expressing themselves at the gatherings that we gathered at one at our South Bend Police Department. There was a march there. They had an opportunity to express themselves as well, and as well at our city county building. And then there was a a gathering held at the Martin Luther King Center here, and they were able to express themselves there. And so I received a phone call on this past Saturday uh, from Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, asking me to come alongside of him and his staff um, to do a town hall meeting on Sunday. I agreed to that um, because I believed after talking with our mayor um, that there was a need um, to create a platform and in, in subsequent meetings we had been talking about creating platforms for our city to be able to communicate to us their pain, but as well for us to be able to communicate how things are going on the back end in regards to what we're doing um, to address the challenge in our community. And so uh, certainly the town hall meeting was uh, needed Um, and our community showed out in uh, huge numbers um, and it gave them an opportunity to express their pain. We were there to listen and that's what we were there for. We listened, we took notes, Um, We recorded uh, the gathering and uh, obviously you're aware that um, we have national news media uh, venues here uh, and uh, due to our our mayor running for presidential election. um, And so that, of course, has increased uh, the news media um, support. And opportunities in our community. And so they were there to be a part of that process. Um, And there were some things that were shared with us that expressed with us to show us right where our community is.
0: Uh, That is excellent. And I'm I'm very appreciative for you to come on our program so that we can try to get your message even out even more. The recent deadly shooting of of the resident, Mr. Eric uh, Jack Logan, a Black man by police officer Ryan O'Neill, who is a 19-year veteran and who is also white. Can you share with our audience the details of how this unfortunate event came about?
1: So the prosecutor has shared with us that um, an officer was called out to an apartment complex, Central Apartments in South Bend, kind of close to our downtown area. Um, The call was made in that someone was breaking in cars, allegedly. And uh, the officer arrived, um, did not turn their lights on for whatever reason, got out of the car, decided at uh, whatever moment they decided not to turn their cameras on to go into the parking lot. There they found uh, Mr. Eric Logan. Uh, rummaging in a vehicle supposedly um, and the officer confronted him uh, and supposedly the officer asked questions to Eric um, and in the matter of minutes uh, the officer pulled his weapon uh, and killed uh, Mr. Logan uh, alleged uh, or uh, from what we understand from our prosecutor. And so like you said uh, in a
0: minute and a half This officer decided to use lethal force.
1: And I believe he shot him twice. That shot at him twice. One bullet hit him, hit him in the stomach. uh, And I guess the bullet lodged in his uh, spine. And so he would have been, in my guesstimation, in great pain. Uh, supposedly he had a knife in his hand. Um, He was bent over in the car, so that meant that his feet were flat on the ground. And so when the officer asked him uh, a question, he pulled his body out of the car and turned to the officer. Uh, Allegedly, he had a knife in his hand. Um, The officer felt threatened in some sort of way, uh, drew his weapon, uh, at some point, which we don't know what point that was, again, there is no camera uh, to record any of this. This is based upon what the officer has said. And then the officer decides um, at uh, in a minute and a half uh, to use lethal force. This also took place at 3.23 a.m. in the morning. Um, after the shooting, uh, Mr. Logan was taken to the hospital. He arrived there, um, at 336. From what
0: I understand, um, you had indicated that, uh, there were other officers that came to the scene, but their body cameras were not on
1: as well. So we're not sure of that as of yet. The investigation continues, but, um, they, they, meaning our prosecutor, uh, this is still under investigation, and so no one has been able to answer that question as to, you know, any film footage from cameras of other officers who arrived at the scene. Well, I'm, I'm sure, because as I
0: indicated to you some years ago, uh, I was an auxiliary Police mm-hmm. officer in Downers Grove, Illinois, uh, which we 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 drove by ourselves. We carried and we were trained by the Illinois State Police. But sure. um, the dispatcher would know where all the car. They have a,
1: a geo tracker on all their cars. So, sure. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the, the sure technology has to be in even greater. As you talk about, you know, the, your past experience, uh, you know, now uh, the bells and whistles have increased. Mm Um, even with cameras, uh, I understand we have like what they call the middle of the road type cameras. And so for us, the cameras go off when you turn on the lights, they go off when you drive somewhere approximately around 70 miles an hour, or you have to turn them on yourself. So, uh, now, uh, the cameras have, uh, multiple types of ways to be able to be turned on. They can be turned on. If you have that technology, they can be turned on by um, by uh, the, the shot of a gun. They can be turned on the other ways that I've made mention of. They can be turned on if you open your door. Um, there are multiple ways now that cameras can be activated uh, without an officer having to make the decision to turn it on. Uh, i see um i got a question for you has there been any discussion about the alleged
0: car that mr logan was was allegedly in whose car was that
1: who was that car registered to yeah so the car was uh registered to a gentleman by the name of nepper um and that's come into question for our community uh our community has had supposedly uh some bad experiences with him um, it has been cited that, uh, allegedly he could, uh, have some racism, uh, tactics. And then there's some documents that have come out since then to show that he was involved in an incident that, uh, displayed some racism. However, um, it did result in being inconclusive or unconclusive, whichever way that goes. Um, and, uh, nothing uh, of course, happen with him in that incident. Mm-hmm.
0: And and um, has there been any discussion um, with, the, with the prosecutor about uh, giving uh, you and your, and, and, your, and your constituents access to the dispatch tapes to, to hear the dialogue
1: between um, the officer and dispatch? So the, those tapes are available now. Um, so they're out there where people can listen to them. And is there anything uh, that
0: gives any more uh, evidence about or facts about what
1: exactly happened that, that, that early morning? No, not really. You know, um, there are some things that uh, raise questions, I mean, throughout that process. Uh, and so, um, you know, we are all, um, you know, just trying to figure this out. Um, you know, this horrific incident that has occurred in our community. We're still hurting from it like it was like it just happened an hour ago. Um, And we're still trying to cope with it. We're still trying to wrap our minds around it um, as well. Um, Just unbelievable that um, the officer chose to use deadly force um, based upon what was occurring now that's not to say uh what i just said not to say that you know because we weren't there and we don't can't see what occurred um that the officer was in uh in a dangerous situation that you know obviously led to him uh according to policy being able to use his weapon wow and um
0: i understand that 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 uh, mr logan uh, was a father a husband, father, and, and grandfather. How is, how is his family d- doing and dealing with this, this unfortunate situation?
1: Yeah, so I've been able to meet with his daughter, Danielle Logan, uh, on a couple of different occasions. We just spoke on the phone yesterday uh, as well. She seems to be coming along. Obviously, she's grieving. Um, and she's disturbed uh, behind the loss of her father, Um, but things are coming together for her uh, in relation to the funeral and uh, them moving forward as well. I've been able to talk to um, uh, Eric's brothers, uh, who one of them are a member of my church, Uh, and so I've been able to pray with them. I've been able to console uh, some of the family Uh, and be in their presence uh, to address the grieving that they're going through as well. Uh, Each of them are grieving in their own kind of way, and each of them are feeling some kind of way about this. But I will say that the family has been very respectful uh, to our mayor, to our police chief, to our city as well, they've kind of helped to quieten the storm because our city really exploded after uh, this incident, and so they have been the voice of reason along with, uh, you know, leadership within our community to help kind of quieten things down. But still, you know, there's questions, and so uh, yes. the family is moving forward as best they can. The funeral is going to be this coming Saturday. Um, And so they will be able to uh, properly bury uh, Eric uh, and as well honor him in the way that they want to honor him.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Apostle Patton, who is the president of the NAACP South Bend, Indiana chapter. We're discussing the very unfortunate incident where Mr. Eric Jack Logan, a black man, was shot by shot and killed by police officer Ryan, a 19-year veteran who is white. And uh, Apostle Patton, I, I do have a question going back to the timeline. So it was dispatched at 3.23, and he got he arrived at the hospital at 3.36. That's 13 minutes, And but you also explained to me that instead of calling for the ambulance, they did what we have learned is a load and go thirteen minutes that's that 's a lot of time mm-hmm. and i'm just i'm just wondering why the officer did not call a uh, ambulance with paramedics who could have given him care at the scene and transporting him to to the hospital
1: sure i 'm just learning about the load and go it is a tactic that is used across the country now uh, when officers feel like a person is in imminent Danger of death. Um, and if they feel that they can get an individual or a group of people to um, a medical facility faster than having an avalanche come out and take a person to. Uh, a medical facility, then they use that tactic called load and go. Um, it has been used in our community, from what I understand and listening to our chief of police, it has been used a few times. It's not something that happens every time that we've had some situation occur. Uh, however, in this situation, they chose to use that tactic. Uh, And because they did use the tactic, they were able to get Mr. Logan to uh, Memorial Hospital in 50 seconds. So um, if you think about an ambulance coming, which they did make the call for an ambulance, but it hadn't arrived. um, And whether that's one minute, two minutes or three minutes before the ambulance gets there. Um, they have already gotten the person to the hospital to receive immediate care uh, in a 50-second time span. Right, but
0: the 50-second time span is the time that the officer put the car in gear and drove to the hospital. I'm curious, how did he actually load him into the car? Did he have help to load Mr. Logan's body into the, which I would assume was the back seat of the
1: of the car? I would assume uh, that was the backseat, as you would. Um, I have no idea because, again, there's no camera footage of what occurred there. Um, and so if it was that they put him in the back seat, then, of course, uh, and what I do understand is that Mr. Logan was living at that time because the officers have said, the officer has said that he was talking while he was on the ground. And so he was alive when they put him in the car. Mm-hmm. I don't know what transpired from, uh, the parking lot of that apartment complex to the, uh, to Memorial hospital. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that's all questionable because there's, there was no footage from a camera. that now, I'm aware of. Right now, um, uh, Mayor uh,
0: Buttigieg has indicated in in a statement that he has requested for the United States uh, uh, Attorney General's office to the Civil Rights Division to to do a probe. Was that a was that an informal request or was that a formal request? And if it was a formal request, has the Department of Justice
1: visited South Bend, Indiana, as of yet? I'm not aware that the Department of Justice has been here. Uh, out of our conversations from uh, right after the um, uh, shooting, probably the Wednesday or Thursday, we started talking about DOJ. Um, we have a entity called Faith in Indiana that brought that to the table. Certainly the NAACP has come alongside of them to impress upon uh, our mayor and our community um, to bring DOJ into this as an independent investigative uh, uh, entity. And and, uh, we already have three others involved with that as well. Our prosecutor has since um, uh, called for a special prosecutor to come in to investigate uh, further uh, this incident. And so uh, our mayor uh, shared with our community that he would write to DOJ and ask them to get involved. I have not heard you know, whether or not uh, they have come to the table as of yet and whether that letter has been written and sent out to them. I see. And, uh, oh, you know what? Going back to Officer O'Neill, it was reported in the press
0: um, that he was treated for minor injuries at the hospital and released.
1: Yes. Um Do we know the extent of those minor in- injuries and how they happened? I don't what i have heard is that the knife that eric had hit him in the forearm somehow um and then of course uh it is normal uh procedure for an officer to go to uh, a medical facility after some sort of incident like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they have an injury or not, there's some mm-hmm. things that need to be checked out. So that's a normal scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it has been mentioned that uh, his forearm was hit with the knife. Don't mm-hmm. know the severity of what took place there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not come out to say mm-hmm. whether the knife was lodged in his forearm. They had used the word bruise, that he had a bruise on his forearm from the knife. And also, I'm, I'm just curious,
0: uh, since he did the load and go, and, 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 and I'm sure Mr. Logan was, was bleeding, um, was there any blood on the officer's uniform?
1: And has that officer's uniform been put in evidence? So that I'm not aware of. Again, the investigation is ongoing. So we don't have all of the pieces to the puzzle. We have some pieces, but we don't have all the pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there's still more information to come. That could be, uh, you know, the next two weeks. That could be the next 30 days before we have more information. Um, But each week, each week uh, we have received some sort of information, but now with all the transition happening, another prosecutor coming in to investigate and calling DOJ in and others, um, you know, that may extend or elongate the investigation. Right. And so in understanding
0: the population I understand is uh, Hispanic and Blacks make up about 40% of the, the population here, but uh, I believe that it was reported that the police department is comprised of 90% of white officers, and right. apparently there's been a program to put in that uh, Mayor Buttigieg has put in place to hire more 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 more, more mi- minority black officers, Hispanic officers. Why hasn't that taken place? Why what is holding up folks from hiring uh, more officers that reflect the community?
1: Yeah, so that's a challenge around the country that communities are having, uh, inviting people of color, the brown skin community most especially, um, to the table uh, for careers in this industry. Um, It's different than when I was growing up uh, that people wanted to be police officers then. With what we've seen happen and the systemic ills that have occurred over the years, uh, and what we see happening today on our cell phones and on TV and our other technical tools that we can use with interactions be- between African-Americans and uh, white police officers. Um, I believe um, some of that has helped um, to uh, send a message to African-Americans and Latinos Uh, that have caused us not to want to be a part of the police department. Um, There are other, that's just one synopsis. Um, There are other challenges that come along with that. So that's my point there is not an end all, um, but certainly I think that that has helped um, to create what we have now where around the country um, our young uh, folks of color are not interested like it used to be in becoming an officer. And then, of course, the danger of it now. Um, And most times you hear that um, even the weapon that we carry, we're able to carry as an officer, is far less than what you are going to confront on the streets. I have a 9 millimeter, if that's what my uh, department carries. And I'm confronting people that have AKAs, uh, AK-47s, rather uh, sniper type uh, uh, rifles. I mean, the, the firearm is not fair. We got a a, a knife at a gunfight. Let's just say, um, kind of scenario.
0: Right, and that speaks to um, the debate that was held on Wednesday night when they were talking about what 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 can be done to to stop um, the, the situation with these AK-47s, where um, and, and one gentleman who was on one of the talk shows this morning said, um, guess what? With the AK 47, you need a bullet in order to make it work. Stop mm. selling, stop selling the bullets. That's true. You know, cause people were concerned about how do you confiscate? How do you get people to turn these, 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 these rifles in? Um, but if you can't buy the ammunition for it, eventually your your stockpile is going to to, to run out. But the gun mm-hmm. issue is such, is such a, a huge issue. And there's so many things that we can do as a society that we're not doing that hopefully we will do in, in the future. So from the NAACP's perspective, what is the next steps that um, your chapter is taking in order to bring about a change
1: in your community? So we have some wins already. Uh, The first win is that our mayor announced uh, the day after on that Tuesday after the shooting um, that every officer will turn that camera on uh, when they go into the community and confront scenarios, situations. Uh, So that's mandatory now. Uh, Secondly, uh, we've had uh, two communicative uh, meetings where we've been able to communicate to our community what we're doing where we are and then we've had our town hall gathering on Sunday uh, for our community to be able to speak back to us so that we can listen we have to now as moving forward we have to continue with these uh, platforms of communication giving our people a place to express themselves so that we learn more and we hear more in regards to the pain the hurt uh, and the situations that people have gone through to bring them to the place that they are. Um, we, as well, um, have to be communicated with our um community. And so we have to be able to disseminate information in relation to the things that we're doing. Whatever that turns into, um, the people that we serve must know about the process and what's happening within the process. So we must do that uh, going forward. Um, And then, of course, um, we want the truth. There has to be transparency. There has to be accountability. So, we're going to have to hold our mayor and hold uh, those that are part of this process accountable to ensure that there's follow through, um, to ensure that uh, we keep our hands on the pulse of things, and we are uh, creating opportunities uh, for our community to uh, grieve. Uh, and go through that process and work our way to a place of healing. Uh, And so there are a number of things that we must do. The NAACP um, certainly impresses upon uh, our city officials and our community that we are there to ensure that there is fairness and an equitable process. And so we're there to the end, and uh, we're going to uh, hold – our mayor and others to the fire uh, as long as we're at the table. That is excellent. Um, Apostle Patton, we actually have about a minute left
0: and I just want to let you know that we're going to invite Mayor Buttigieg to come on the program as well um, to give his perspective if he, if he chooses to do so. Um, if you can, in, in, in less than a minute, can you share with us how the world community can help South Bend, Indiana?
1: Yeah, certainly we would ask and solicit prayers. Um, I believe in prayer. I'm a pastor, and uh, prayer changes things. And so uh, we would ask for uh, the global community to certainly pray. Um, there will be and may be other opportunities for the global community to get involved in regards to what's happening within our community, and what and it may be ways for. Uh, them to uh, be a part of the processes by uh, certainly funding uh, certain uh, opportunities um, in that kind of respect. And so, uh, you know, those are uh, ways that the global community certainly could um, add some value to what we're doing. Well,
0: ladies and gentlemen, we are, we are here with Apostle Patton, who's also the president of the South Bend Indiana. NAAC chapters, our in-studio guest today. Apostle Pat, I want to thank you for coming on the program and enlightening us about the challenges but also the opportunity to improve the community in South Bend, Indiana.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having uh, me on your show. I'm Hope Uh, hopeful that this will be helpful to the audience that views and listens to your show. Um, We are in a tragic place, um, and certainly we are working with the help of the Lord to address the challenges that we have in our city, and we're looking forward to as well recovering and being healed from this, and our city as well being a viable city to the United States of America.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up on this week on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. We want you
1: to have a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you.